breaking down cultural boundaries, overcoming trauma and changing direction to become unlimited. This is the Becoming Unlimited podcast with me, your host, Urvashi, aka Ush. Each week we'll be discussing various ways in which you can be your best self and learn to dance with the universe. We'll also be chatting to some inspirational women from a diverse range of backgrounds and I too will share some insight into how I changed my life using the universal laws and a lot of healing. So let's dive in. Welcome to the Becoming Unlimited podcast. This is your host, Urvashi, and today I have a very special guest for you. But before we dive in, I just want to open the space with a little bit of breath work. So if you can close your eyes, if you're in a safe space, take a moment just to check in with your body, whether you're seated or standing, and take a deep breath in through your nose, filling up your belly and out through the mouth. Another deep breath in, in through the nose. Really fill up your belly and expand your stomach, hold at the top and out through the mouth. And one final deep breath in through the nose, following the breath down all the way through your uh, nasal passage, your lungs into your belly, expand that belly and hold at the top for me and out through the mouth. And you can open your eyes. So welcome to the show. Today, I have Kajinda Bogle with me. She is the marketing, uh, the magnetic marketer and a very good friend of mine and my soul sister. She's a marketing consultant, a quantum coach, and she has helped hundreds of female entrepreneurs create magic in their soul-led businesses, which is incredible. I love this woman and I would call her your go-to marketing guru. So let's dig in. Hey, Kajinda, how are you? I'm good. I am good. Really glad to be here. Actually, really honored to be here. So super, super excited for our conversation today. And it's and it's really exciting because you're my first ever guest. Woohoo! And what better person to have as my first? I'm popping your cherry right now. (laughs) Literally popping my cherry. (laughs) I love it. And I'm so glad it's you that's popping my cherry. So, okay, I'm going to start off with a question that I will be asking all my guests. So... I want to know, what does it mean to you to be unlimited? Ooh, unlimited. You know what? I feel for me, it's being the truest version of myself without anyone stopping me or holding me back. Wow. The truest version of yourself without anybody stopping you or holding you back. Mm-hmm. Incredible. So how has that led you to this purposeful career that you've created in marketing? So tell me more about how you became this soul-led entrepreneur. I think, do you know what? One of the reasons I was very unlimited when I was younger. So I grew up with no limits and, you know, blue sky thinking, all of that kind of stuff. And I think as life took over I became more and more limited Mm. and I really realized how limited I was and I think it was when I became a mum and actually when I became a mum to a girl so my second child so not even my first my second child that I realized I don't want this for her and I saw all my dreams and everything that I had as a young girl through her Mm. as as a baby and I was like actually I don't want that for her So I need to show her what being unlimited is again. I had to remind myself what that was for myself. And I had to go back to my truth. 
And so I just started to make these small steps to figure out what my truth was again and Mm. what my unlimited life looked like again. And it kind of was, you know, a series of events because you start work, well, actually probably start sooner than that. You go to school, right? And you're limited. You go to school, you're limited. You go to university, you're limited. You start a job, you're limited. And without you even realizing there's all these limitations set on you in your life. And you get married and you meet somebody and you're limited, limited, limited. You become a mom, you're limited, limited, limited. And and I think it was when I had my second child that I just realized, oh my God, when did my life become so limited? (laughs) And you wanted to be this incredible, inspirational mother for your daughter, right? Yeah, I just wanted to be this amazing person. I wanted her to be this amazing person and I knew for her to become this amazing person, I had to step into that first. Mm. I had to show her what courage looked like to live on your terms, to live Mm. your truth and live that unlimited lifestyle. And I had to start it first and it was really, really scary. And it still is, it still scares the bejesus out of me. (laughs) You know, oh my God, what am I doing sometimes? But at the end of each night, I sleep peacefully. Yes, I can imagine that you do actually. Yeah, knowing on my truest version of myself, it I I sleep well. (laughs) Oh, that's just incredible! So you talked about the steps you created or steps you took um, to find yourself again, um, Mm. so that you could be inspirational to your daughter and you know know and and live your truth. So can you expand on some of those steps for us? Yeah, well, to be honest, I didn't know what it was at first. So when I first realized realized I needed to do something, I didn't know what something was. I didn't know what that was. And first thing I knew I had to do was leave my corporate world. I was like, there's certain chains I need to break. I obviously can't chain my family, uh, break my family bond. I can't break my marriage. I didn't want to. I was like, there's certain limitations that I can control. And one of them was the corporate world. And it was my job, actually. And I could either change to another job where I thought, you know what, I'm just going to have the same limitations on me again, Mm. or I take matters into my own hand and start doing things for myself. So I started my own business. Yeah. And that's when I started to take my first step into taking back control of my life Mm. and realizing what an unlimited life looked like. Mm. so you are sorry carry on no I was just gonna say but it wasn't until many years later which I'm sure we'll go into before I really understood what that meant yeah so it's really interesting because actually what you're talking about is that first stage of the dharma journey and that's that self-awareness right so you are so self-aware that you were limited and you weren't reaching your full potential Mm -hmm. that you stepped out of that and you actually took a leap into the next stage, right? Into that self-improvement. So I actually wanna ask you about your self-improvement journey actually. So I know that you're quite a spiritual being and you, within your business and within the clients that you you have and you work with, they're very soul aligned. So can you just expand on the spiritual side of your marketing business? Because, you know, a lot of people wouldn't put marketing and spirituality together, but you've somehow navigated that world and created this incredible like you know container for women so one of the things with me is I only know marketing 
I only know marketing. That's what I've trained in my entire life. So when it came to starting my own business, my magic power, as it was, was marketing. Mm. I wasn't as gifted as a lot of a lot of spiritual beings are, or in the natural sense of gifts, whether it comes to psychic powers, channeling, Reiki, you know, all of that kind Mm. of stuff. Didn't have those gifts, but I had marketing gifts. And over time, I realized there was a certain type of woman that was obviously gravitating towards me which was this soul led woman mm. who obviously wanted to, and you know, I'll, I'll use make money out of her gifts, but she wanted to call in this energetic exchange through yeah. her gifts, but she didn't know how to do it. And she didn't know what language to use because again, she probably came from a corporate world like I had. And the way we sell or ask for an exchange as spiritual business owners is very different. To how other people do it Absolutely. so I realized that actually I could bring the two together I could help my soul sisters build amazing businesses using their amazing gifts get them in the hands to more and more people by using my skills and that was my way of kind of supporting more people even though I didn't have the gift that you yeah. know my soul sisters had I could absolutely be part of that ripple effect by just supporting them a little bit more that's beautiful but I have heard through the grapevine that maybe these gifts are oh God, expanding right? in I you, I, right? I think I messaged you. <laughs> yeah, you did. I think I messaged you about it. And I don't know what's happening, but hanging around all these amazing women is obviously activating lots of stuff in me as well, which involves me going in inwards and exploring yeah. a lot more of what that means. That is absolutely stunning. So I want to change direction a little bit. And as we all know, we're, well, you can't see us right now, but you might be watching us on video, but we are British born this is. So one question I have for you is obviously you've gone on this path where you haven't followed like potentially, you know, what is considered typical of a British born Dizzy. Like, you know, our mom and dads came to this country to give us that education and our paths were lawyer, doctor, engineer, realistically, right? So I want to know from you, if you faced any stereotypical, uh, excuse me, stereotypical expectations like this and how you managed that when you started this new path of yours. Yeah, well, forget new path, even in my teens. So when I was in my teens, I was very much into spirituality. So my spiritual journey started really, really early and really young. Mm. And I was quite lucky. I was number three, lucky number three. So I was the third <laughs> daughter, well, a third child. I was a second daughter, but a third child. Yeah. And, you know, all the memes that you get about the third child, the rules don't apply to them, all of that kind of stuff. That was true for me. So nothing. Yeah, it's so true. So my sister was the eldest and she had the most amount of strictness. And then we had a boy in the middle. And again, because he was the only son, he had to be like perfect. And, you know, when I came along, they were like, you know what, we've been hard on the other two. Let's (laughs) let this one just do what she wants. But I think it it came to kind of um, when I got to probably about A-levels, And my brother and sister were studying maths and sciences and all of this stuff. And I was like, well, I want to study French. I want to do psychology and sociology. And they're like, the what? I was like, it's still a science. Don't worry. It's still a science. And, And I just remember that there was pressure on me to just do what everybody else was doing because Mm. my sister was going off and studying engineering at university. My brother was going off and studying economics and there's me going, well, I'd love to have a gap year. And they're like, a what? (laughs) What's a gap year? (laughs) What's a gap year? So it started off really, really young. And to be honest, um, I did conform a little bit because Mm. 
I was actually a high school dropout. Not a lot of people know this. I didn't actually go to university. So I don't even have a degree. Um, My dad didn't know this. (laughs) How did you keep that from your dad? Many years. I still think he doesn't know. So I hope he's not spiritually listening into this conversation. But I really just don't think he even realizes. There was a picture of me at my brother or sister's graduation where I wore their graduation hat and robes. And I think he thought I'd graduated. But anyway, (laughs) we won't go to that. So I actually left school after high school and didn't go to university. And I felt then I had something to prove because Mm. I didn't want my story to be that I'm a high school dropout. So then the obvious choice back then was to throw yourself into work. Yeah. And even though I didn't conform to the societal, you know, demands, I think I probably did in a way because I was hell bent on having a really successful career. Yeah, because I didn't want anyone to say oh, it was because you didn't go to uni or it's because you didn't do this. So I then threw myself into work, threw away all my spirituality, went as you know further further away as I could from what really was me, and just threw myself into work. And at the beginning, I got lots and lots of success. So all through my twenties, I had an amazing, amazing life. But as soon as I started making choices Mm. and changes and my path started to go in different directions, I could tell I was, I had that hook on my back. My spirituality was calling me back. Yeah. My truth was calling me back and I knew something had to change. Yeah. So I just didn't think it was going to happen too soon. I thought I'd get to a like 80 or something and I could have seen through my whole career and all of that stuff, but it just happened too early, so early. So would you say that when you started this, when you, when you, okay, you've dropped some real like exclusive truth bombs there. Like I never went to university. It's I do have a degree. podcast. I Absolutely. know. I was going to do it. <laughs> My dad thinks I graduated. Rest in peace. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> um, but do you, did you find that kind of your mom and your siblings and people around you were like, what the hell are you doing with your life? you know you need to maybe go back to uni you need to be that that you know doctor or go on another a journey of economics whatever like your brother did like did you ever get any of that feedback all the time all the time and do you know what bless my mum like my mum like I love her to bits and she was just like can't you just do the right thing can't you just do this for me and I'm like no I can't and the worst thing is I'm my dad's daughter and I'm like you guys shouldn't have brought me up the way you did if you wanted me to listen to you because (laughs) you brought me up not to listen to anyone so there was like my mum especially when everybody was graduating and they were lawyers they were doctors Mm. They were, you know, they had these really high profile careers and jobs and, you know, all of this stuff. And back then, so going back 20 years, no one knew what marketing was. People don't even know what it is now, let alone back then. So when my mom was like, she's in marketing, everyone's like, what the hell is that? Like, what is that? And back then marketing was very PR related. It was very glamorous. So it looked like to them, I was just going out all the time and having a good time. And they're like, how can that be a proper job? And how can that be a proper career? So I did get it a lot, a lot, a lot. And oftentimes I had to keep asking myself as well, am I doing the right thing? Mm. If everyone around me seems so unhappy, am I really doing the right thing? And I guess I was really selfish because I was like, well, as long as I'm happy, 
that's what matters right as long as I'm happy yeah and I just stuck with that I just stuck with that it's how I feel and I'm happy with the life that I've got so I'm gonna stick with that and yeah also one thing um when all my friends left uni they had massive debt and by that time I had an amazing job and I was earning really, really well. So I was like, do you know what? This is all the validation I needed that I haven't got all this debt and I'm in an amazing job. And that was me good. That was amazing. So at that point of you going, I'm going to start my business. What made you go there? You were happy in your job. You were happy doing the things you were doing. You were making money. You weren't in debt. What made what was that trigger? My boss. Oh, okay. Yeah. Do you know what? I had a boss and for ages, Ush, I used to hate him. And <laughs> okay. I even used to post about it on my social media. Oh, and my mum even used to message me saying, You can't write that. You can't write that on your Instagram. And I'm like, Yes, I can. And I want to. Because for ages I own the story that he um he made my life a misery. But actually, he was a pivotal person in me owning my truth and walking my mm. truth path. And when I became a mum, he was a very old school boss. So he expected you in the office at eight o'clock. He expected you not to leave until six o'clock. And I was like, hold a minute. So I will see my kids when. Yeah. And it started to become a real challenge when I became kids. And, you know, there's there's lots of things that went on with the company around, you know, females in business coming back. Even with my son, I had to be back in the office in six months. Like I only had six months off with my first child. And my wow. son was in, yeah, my son was in childcare for about, this is probably the hardest thing I find talking about. My son was in childcare for about 10 hours a day. And when I knew something was wrong was when he used to call me by his key worker's name. And I'll never forget that. He used to call me Raj because he didn't know what mum was he didn't know what wow. the word was because I was just never around and I was like hold a minute I've got this boss that I absolutely hate that's keeping me away from my son and my son doesn't even know what mum like what is this that I'm doing yeah. all around me what I'm seeing is all these other mums saying you can have it all you can be working and you can have your kids and you can do all of this and I'm like who are these women that are having it all why can't I have it all yeah well, I was doing something wrong so I just kept playing the game mm. and it was only when I had my second child who and as soon as I found out she was a girl that penny dropped for me then that I knew I had to do something I knew I had to make some moves mm. and the seed got planted that something had to be done and to be honest at first I started looking for other jobs because I thought it was my boss that was a problem yeah. I thought he was the issue I'm not the issue. He's the issue. So I'm <laughs> going to change him. So I started to just change jobs. And I realized actually it's not the job. It's not the boss. They're not the issue. It's me. And if I want something different with my life, I'm the one that has to go and create whatever it is I want. Absolutely. So once <laughs> look at what you're doing right now, it's incredible, right? Like hundreds of women have come through your doors and you've changed their lives through, you know, I know that you do photo shoots. I know you do marketing days, you do CEO days, you do, you know, you've got your membership and you've got so much more that people can, different ways in which women can work with you, which I think is you're serving, but you're serving with love 
and all this knowledge. So I applaud you completely. Um, so when you did that, you realized that you needed to get out and you knew you had this marketing gift, right? At what point and what was it that went, I'm going to help Asian women and soul-led businesses? I think that was then lockdown. So for yeah. the first, I actually started my business pre-lockdown. So it was right. when I started my business. Okay. And up until lockdown, I was just working back with corporates and I'd probably bought myself a job. So I was still doing longer hours, but it was more around my kids. Yeah. So it was still really, really flexible. And this is probably the reason why I offer so much support that I do, because when I first started out, there was nothing available, absolutely mm. nothing available. You were literally like a lone ranger trying to do business. And it was just yeah. really, really crazy. And I think it was when lockdown happened and I started an Instagram page in lockdown. So I started my Instagram page 2020, April 24th, 2020. Oh, wow. First post. I remember it. That was my first post. And I remember just starting to do like putting my pictures out, starting to go into Facebook groups, go live, just tell people what I was doing. And women just started coming towards me and gravitating towards me and I was like mm. okay there's something in this and I realized I absolutely loved working with them and I was like I didn't even know there was such a thing as an Asian female entrepreneur I was like what is this term I didn't even know it and I was like oh I really want to support these women and they just weren't getting the support that they wanted yeah. in wherever they were so um yeah so that's where it all started from yeah that's an incredible journey like so did you not have an Instagram account pre-April 24th 2020 not even a personal one no oh wow so Instagram is very new for you so new for me I wow. I, I don't even know how to create a reel I do not know how to create a reel I've got a team who does it for me but I myself would not know how to do one so I'd be lost that's incredible that you have then invested in yourself as well right so what made you invest in yourself through the people that maybe help you with your business or the education that you've the extra education that you've maybe gone and received I realized that if I want my people to make moves I have to make them fast so I have to show them what moves they need to make to build a successful business so I do it first so I do all the scary moves first I throw all my toys out the pram I get all the fear out the way first so that I can then hold and support my people when they do it and I know exactly what will be going through their mind so one of the things that you know obviously I out started outsourcing um very early on in my business two years ago I started outsourcing and it was because wow. of because of what happened with my dad, actually, that I realized I needed to build a very different business. Mm -hmm. And um, so I knew how I felt when all the money I was getting in was going out to other people to build mm. my business. So I know what that feels like energetically. Mm. So then when I get my clients to do that, I can hold them safely yeah. while they go through all the feels that they go through when they make that decision or make that move. So that's why I do it because that's the only way other people are going to grow if I do it first. So you're a leader, right? By proof. You're leading with the proof that you have done it 
and you can hold that space. So you mentioned it was because of your dad. Can you expand on that, please? Yeah. So two years ago now, my dad passed um, and it was January and I was literally in the midst of a launch. I was launching my first ever group program and it was literally going to be the best thing ever. Um, I didn't get I, I think I only got a couple of signups to it. So I knew something was coming. And then obviously when my dad passed, I was like, there's no way I can energetically hold the energy for these people in mm. this kind of space because I was grieving and I needed yeah. the time to heal. And by this point, I'd build my I'd built my business up. So I'd already got a community of people coming up. I was working with people one-to-one and I was like, I can either just retract and take a step back and Mm -hmm. just watch all of this crumble down or I can rise higher and make the moves I need to make which was bringing on some team that could help me so team and even some services that could help me give me space and time to grieve and that's exactly what I done it was built on my own my own requirements that I had that I needed to heal I needed time to heal, but I didn't want to lose my business and lose all these women that were literally looking up to me. I think I had about, I had a Facebook group of like 600 people at this point. And I was just like, do you know what? I've brought them all this far and I don't want to now tell them, but you know what? As soon as trauma happens, it's fine to just go away. I was like, I don't, I can't do that. That's not what I'm about. I was like, I do need the space, but I want to show them that you can live side by side. You can live with your adversity you can live with your trauma Mm. and you can still do all of the things that you want to do as well yeah so with all of that encompassed um what I'm getting from that is also you know your business took time so can you for those who are interested in maybe launching their own businesses or something just explain how much time went into building this business of the, you know we all say have your own business you you'll have the freedom of your own hours so can you explain if it was simply build my business freedom of hours or you know what were the steps because now I see you as having this freedom right you've just come back from Cyprus I think it was Greece yep Greece exactly that so like (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) well it depends north uh yeah north Cyprus would not be a cousin that's Turkey right (laughs) um but yeah so like you know building that business like does it just go straight into freedom or how do you create that like no so you know I'm year five in business and a lot of people compare their year one year two with my year five but honestly compare your year one to year two with my year one year two and it would be a very different story so before I had team I was doing everything myself so um you know the the 10 12 14 hour days whatever it took to build my business I was doing that I was going out everywhere there were times where my business took me away from my family so where I was like oh my god I wanted to spend more time with my family what's going on it was actually taking me away from my family even more there were times where I wasn't getting paid yeah. and I wanted to invest in business and I had to take on certain contracts and do all of this kind of stuff. So there's lots of things that you have to do. And one thing I learned was, yes, it could take you five years to get somewhere, but if you get support sooner, you'll probably get there a lot quicker. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the people I work with now 
are in the same position as I am now, but they're in year two or year three because wow. they've learned from me. Yeah, they've just learned from me. And even when my business really accelerated was when I got support, when I asked for help, when I just yeah. said to somebody, do you know what? Can you just help me? Can you yeah. help me get to where I want to go? And they helped me because yeah. sometimes when when you are a business owner, especially when you're so gifted um, and you've got this magical gift, that's your zone of genius. The Absolutely. admin isn't your zone of genius. The marketing isn't your zone. The sales, you know, all of that kind of stuff, the reels, the, you know, editing, all of yeah. that stuff isn't your zone of genius. And if you're trying to do all of that stuff, it's really taking up your energy mm. and it's draining you and it's slowing you down. So if you really want accelerated growth, it's all about reaching out and getting the help. It's exactly like healing, right? Yeah, 100%. You want to heal quicker and faster, get the help. I 100% agree because when I was running my personal training business, it was only when I invested in someone to help me grow that business that I actually had this quantum leap. Now bring that in because you're a quantum coach. Explain to us what a quantum coach, I know. Explain to us what a quantum coach is, please. Because I think a lot of people won't know what that quantum leap or quantum coach, you know, what it actually means for us. Yeah, so quantum coaching is essentially where I take you back to your soul space. And we all come here for a reason, right? We've all come here. We're not just here for a pretty life because let's face it, earth isn't a pretty life. You know, there's there's suffering going on out there. Mm -hmm. There is poverty, there's hunger, there's child trafficking, there's murder, you know, there's wars, there's everything going on in this world. We wouldn't choose this world for any other reason, but knowing that we could help it in some way, Mm. knowing that we could help our people in some way, that's the reason why we came here. I know my sole purpose is to help my sisters. I've seen my sisters with these magical gifts that are struggling to get their gifts in the hands of more people. And that's where I come in to help with that struggle. And what quantum coaching does is it supports you with your soul's purpose and just to carry out your mission, carry out whatever mission you're here on and combining that with marketing It's just a really powerful tool, especially if you're a business owner, especially if your gift is what is your your calling in your abundance and what you're Mm. using to build your business with. And yeah, I guess that's in, in a nutshell. And where the quantum leap comes in is when you understand your soul's mission and when you understand why you're here, this is how you move fast. This yeah. is how the timelines, everything starts to just get out of your way and you start to quantum leap and make massive, massive shifts in yeah. your life as well as in your business. Yeah. So it's like you you start at like mile one, but you get to mile 10 and it's like this huge leap because everything's just happened for you it's immediately. It's like not to 60 in 10 seconds. <laughs> She's fast and furious, ladies. <laughs> it really is. It's it's like that. Not oh. to 60, it can get you there. But where it is, what it isn't is it, it's not not to 60 in 10 seconds and then back to naught again in 15 seconds. Okay. It's That's quantum leaping, right? Quantum leaping mm. is getting you to naught to 60. Quantum transformation is keeping you at 60 then. Wow. And even though we work on quantum leaping you into wherever we want to go, what I try and do is keep you there. 
and make sure that that quantum leap is an actual quantum transformation. This is incredible. Like this is the work I do with my sole purpose clients, right? But maybe I haven't used that quantum, you know, quote unquote, the word quantum. I think you it's- it. <laughs> You can have it. Thank you. <laughs> Will you adorn me with that word now? We'll get, we'll get a sword Ooh. out and everything, you know? <laughs> Oh my God, I absolutely love that. So I want to go back to um, being an Asian woman in a British born society. Now, a lot of us feel this imposter syndrome, right? And I just want to know your thoughts on that as in, you know, why we feel it and maybe, you know, what is a really good way of overcoming that? Because in you, I don't see any imposter syndrome I see this incredible woman I believe you're a manifesting generator right as well projector oh you're a projector mm. oh, I need to do some research I don't know enough <laughs> about projectors I'm gonna go and get my human design book out in a minute um so yeah explain you know just just kind of in your own words as an Asian woman in Britain how do you feel your life has been has it been harder have you had that imposter syndrome you know have you had to work that extra harder to get where you are today yeah definitely and I think for years and years and years I, I didn't even understand what cultural conditioning was mm. until probably about last year okay. and I didn't even realize I'd been culturally conditioned and you know little things like serving the teas mm. so in boardrooms when we used to have meetings I'd be the one that would go and grab the teas Wow. And I'd be like, why the hell am I doing that? We were taking down notes and I'd be like, oh yeah, I'll do that. Okay, I'll do that. I'll do that. Because it was all the people pleasing yeah. that you were doing. And I was like, oh my God, a lot of this stuff was just holding us back because mm -hmm. we were so conditioned and we didn't even realize it. And not only are we conditioned, but oh my God, I'm doing it. I'm passing it on. I always get my daughter to do stuff. And I genuinely get her to do stuff because my son wouldn't do it. She's the only one that would do it. But for her, she's feeling it. She's like, why do you always ask me to do it? And I was like, oh my God, it's got nothing to do with the fact that you're a girl. It's just because you're the only one that would actually do it. Yeah. I'm really, really aware of it now. And, and I actually remember just when I was in Greece last week, we were sat around a conversation. Now there's lots of rooms where I'm the only Asian woman. And the, yeah. I'm in so many spaces, so many rooms when I, where I'm the only Asian woman. And I do actually have imposter syndrome. And I do experience everything that everyone else experiences, but I'm I'm not letting it hold me back. And I just find the mm. courage that I have to go into a space. So when I went to Greece, part of my trip was with complete strangers. And I yeah. didn't know who any of these people were and we were coming together. That's massive imposter syndrome that, yeah. oh my God, I'm going to be in this room with these amazing people. And I remember someone made a comment there that if we'd done another trip like this, how would it work with me and my kids? And I'm like, what do you mean? And it was very much an Asian comment about right. me being Asian. From a non-Asian person. From a non-Asian person. And I'm wow. like, I'm already here without my kids. And I'm probably here longer than you guys um, <laughs> without my kids. And it's it's just that vibe that we probably give off all that miss. Uh, understanding that people have of we're all about kids and families and whatever and I'm like no I've left mine behind to be here and how did you initially react to that statement I couldn't understand it like I genuinely didn't understand it and then I had to probe a little bit and then I found out it was because of my commitments with my family <laughs> my kids I'm like I don't get that because I'm here 
without so you, them. Yeah. So then do you think that non-Asian people or, or non-people of colour of a different descent maybe have perception of us in a certain way so that they haven't got the education that we are exactly like them? It's just that our skin's a different colour. Bit of both. So mm-hmm. yes, but they got that from somewhere. So maybe mm. the majority of Asian women they speak to always use husband, family and kids as an excuse True. not to do stuff. So True. if we want to change the narrative, we yeah. have to start changing our narrative. Yeah. We're talking, we're using that kind of stuff as excuses too much if people are then having that perception of us. But also media gives us gives them that perception of us right if you look at the families in eastenders or any other program on tv it's always the wife at home cooking cleaning looking after the children you know and the asian husband is in his little corner shop doing his corner shop thing so actually it's not just us it's actually the media is portraying us and asian people in like any film you know not not now as so much but back in the day like think about Easter's East and goodness gracious me and you know all those things that were put out there even by us Asians portrayed us like that as well so yeah mm-hmm. you're right there's, yeah you're right it's absolutely it's, it's not true. enough of us leading the way into showing people something different so you know I don't know about you Ush, as well in the spaces you're in in terms of your where you're getting your training mm-hmm. and your teachings how many Asian people are in those spaces? But I know with me, I'm I'm probably the only one in the spaces that I'm ever in. Yeah, yeah, and and that is an eye opener. Yeah, I I grew up in a very white town, um, so I was the only Asian. And if I'm honest with you, for a long time I didn't realize I was different, apart from when it was Diwali or there was like Navratri or some other celebration where you know I went to a Church of England school and it was like, oh, come in in your sari and bring in some samosas, and I was like, now I'm different. But you know, I got I never got made to feel that I'm different. So when I'm in a group of like you know you were in that room full of you know non-Asian women, maybe probably predominantly white women, um, I would feel completely, like, completely comfortable in that. But the funny thing is, I went to Nottingham once, right? And I went out on a night out. This is ridiculous. Surrounded by Asians. <laughs> Surrounded by Asians. And I was like, like a deer in headlights. I was like, what's going on here? Like, Are you I like don't... the only white person there? <laughs> I'm the only white person in the room. It's ridiculous. But you know what? Like, I think as I got older, I got more into my culture and also developing and getting my spiritual awakening has definitely led me more to my kind of ethnic culture, like, you know, Hinduism and Buddhism and all that kind of stuff, which is amazing. Anyway, we have to wrap up soon, but I want to ask, I know it's gone so quick. We could just gas for ages though, couldn't we? We, We'll do that later. (laughs) Um, So I want to ask you, like for everyone listening, can you give us one tip or piece of advice to anyone who wants to follow their dreams right now and is too scared to? Do you know what? Oh, gosh. Yeah. Just take it starts with one step Mm. and your dreams, whatever they are, your dreams, that reality you're trying to create is literally a series of small steps away. That's all it is. 
It's nothing big. It's literally a series of small steps that will get you to where you want to go. So just know what is that first step you need to take mm-hmm. and take it from there. After you've taken that first step, what is that next step? What is that next step? Mm-hmm. And just build the life that you want to build because absolutely no one out there is going to do it for you. So yeah. just go out there, take that next step. Mm-hmm. And don't be afraid to dream, right? Exactly. Never, never, ever, honestly. And, you know, I I never, ever imagined that I would be creating the life that I'm creating. And and there's probably so much more that I haven't even realized yet that is even my potential. But honestly, it's it's so good. It's so good when you get there. It's so good when you get on that path of no return. Yeah. I could never go back to corporate now. I'm on that path of no return. And as soon as you're on that path, it feels limitless it feels absolutely limitless incredible you inspire me I'm so thankful that you said yes to this little podcast and you know I'm sure that you've inspired everyone who's listening so how can people get in touch with you share your socials oh come on over to Instagram now that I am a (laughs) bit more experience I'm three years in now I know a little bit more so come and hang out with me on Instagram I'm at the dot magnetic marketer on Instagram and I'd love to catch you over there so yeah so if you didn't hear that right that's the dot magnetic marketer on Instagram uh, you'll find Gajinda Bogle on there and honestly she is so inspirational she is someone that I cannot wait to get more and more in tune with when it comes to my own, you know, coaching and my own business. So, you know, connect with her and she will help you grow. So thank you so much for your time. You are so welcome. Thank you for having me. And thank you to everyone for listening. So what I'm going to do now is just close the space with three more breaths, if that's okay with you. So if you can just close your eyes, just ground yourself into the seat below you pick your toes up and place them down and take a nice deep breath in through the belly, out through the mouth. Feel that heart rate go in through the mouth, into the nose, sorry. Out through the mouth. One more deep belly breath. Hold at the top and out through the mouth. Just remember that you are wonderful, you're incredible, you're inspirational to other people and that you are. Thank you so much for listening. This is Overshe, out for another podcast.